United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. I am Dean Linky. It's November, and we need to start thinking about signing up for the United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention, January 11th through 15th. And we also need to start featuring the presenters right here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. And we start doing that today. Kicking off the show is United Soccer Coaches Director of Coaching Education, Ian Barker, who, by the way, was part of the staff when the Wisconsin men won the 1995 NCAA championship. I mentioned that because we end today's show with Wisconsin women's head coach Paula Wilkins and the legend that is Rose Lavelle now playing with Man City. But before I get there, Ian Barker, who will lead off the digital convention with a special field presentation and interaction, will kick off the show and break down his expectations for the upcoming digital convention again January 11 through 15, where we will see a lot of Ian Barker. Right after Ian, we get to two more featured presenters talking about the importance of nutrition and strength training and doing things the right way. They are Stacy Wilson, a 1996 U.S. Olympic gold medalist, a three-time national champion at UNC, and a WUSA champion in 2002 with the Carolina Courage. Stacy, arguably the fittest player I've ever seen, is coaching high school and club soccer in Florida, but more importantly, she is deeply involved in the science of sports nutrition. She will be doing a presentation during the digital convention with Dr. Sean Arndt. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Arndt joined the University of South Carolina's Arnold School as chair of the Department of Exercise Science last year. Dr. Arndt is an award-winning sports scientist with interest in the relationship between physical activity and stress and the implications for health and performance. Art brings two decades of research, teaching, and leadership experience to the University of South Carolina. He joined the Gamecocks from Rutgers University, where he held a professor position in the Department of Kinesiology and Health. From wrestling and football to surfing, skiing, and skateboarding, Arndt has been a lifelong athlete, but the sport in which he particularly excelled was soccer. After collegiate success at the University of Virginia, where he also studied psychology, he continued his involvement with the sport as a member of the U.S. Soccer National Staff for 16 years and worked closely with the women's and men's soccer program, as well as other sports programs at Rutgers. Sean Arndt and Stacy Wilson are fantastic on this show today, and they will be fantastic as part of the convention. Up third, another member of the new 30 Under 30 class, Coleman Akey, who lost his job as a college assistant coach because of COVID, but decided to make a big decision. He reached out to Dr. David Carr, who in combination with the United Soccer Coaches, heads up the amazing master's program at Ohio University for soccer coaching education and Coleman is loving it as he looks to get his master's. He's on the show, and then we wrap up with the aforementioned Paula Wilkins and Rose Lavelle. Granted, we talked to Rose long before she knew she was headed to Man City, but it's still Rose Lavelle and Paula Wilkins, Big Ten and 10, Wisconsin women's soccer. That's our show, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? 
If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Kicking off this week's show, talking about the digital convention coming up January 11th through 15. All kinds of excitement. Yes, it's digital, but it's going to be right there at your fingertips. After we talk to Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches, we'll also feature two more presenters, Stacey Wilson, three-time national champion for the North Carolina Tar Heels. She also won a championship for the Courage back in the early days of the WSA, and Sean Arndt who came from Rutgers, is now down at the University of South Carolina. They're going to be talking about nutrition, and it's important. And I bring that up, Ian, only to point out the fact that, once again, this convention is not all about X's and O's. Everything is covered, right, Ian? Well, yeah, that's always the case in the uh, in the in-person, because I think during the year, coaches are very much in, the, in that X's and O's world, and what you need to do to top yourself up and get yourself a little bit more up-to-date with with new ideas is, is find something like the convention. So be it performance analysis and, and match analysis, reading the game, nutrition, strength and conditioning. You know, there's really no limit to the to the amount of information out there. And we try to do a good job of curating it so we can hope it's relevant. But yeah, the convention being in person or digital is always going to have more than just X's and O's. Now listen, because of this pandemic and everything else that uh, our country and even the world has dealt with it certainly paints a different picture but i do feel like the mental part of the game more than ever will also be featured prominently at this convention you can count on that too right ian yeah so i think over the years i've I've noticed that that the idea of sports psychology motivation organizational management has been something that's that's really popular with the audience and there seems to be all kinds of coaches and people that that are in that space some of them obviously soccer, and then others who who are uh, more academic in their, their tendencies, and then across from other sports. People still bring out the John Wooden book and the Pyramid of Success, and, and now we've got all these contemporary contemporary things going on. But I do think we're going to be talking a little bit more at this convention about coaches being creative and engaging with their, uh, with their players. One of the things that I've been looking at is making sure that players feel safe and comfortable, not only in the training environment and the game environment, but they're coming from different situations where maybe they're not going to school as much or not having as much social time. So I think we're, we're in, a, in a situation now as coaches where we're, we've got to be more mindful of what our, what our athletes are going through on and off the field. And I think there's more resources for that now than you know there was seven months ago. Now, unless you don't agree to the normal transition of power, and obviously I'm having some fun here, every convention always kicks off with the Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches. It was just released that that will happen again with you, Ian Barker. So, Ian, tell us about your opening presentation. Will you do it on field? Will it be recorded? Will it be live? What can you share? Okay, so the plan right now is that it will be a recorded session, and I'm extremely grateful to John Parry and the Sporting Kansas City Academy because they're going to help me with that recording and, and with the with the content. And the plan is that I'm going to go and watch a couple of trainings 
with one of the academy age groups. I'm then going to watch that academy team play. So I'll, I'll be very familiar with them and having seen the type of protocols and training they go through with the academy, MLS academy. And then on the basis of the training and, and watching them play, I'm going to work with their coach, their head coach, to put on a training session with them. So I'm going to kind of go in and say, you know, on the basis of what I've seen, this is what I think we should train on, and obviously get permission from John Parry and the head coach to do that. And what's going to be nice is whereas when I do the presentation typically at the convention, you just do it and, and you kind of you have it's, it's live, we'll be able to edit things down and then put in additional content around what we're seeing and doing. So maybe we'll have a little bit of the game film of the kids and then a little bit of um, on-camera explanation of why we're picking this session and then do parts of the session. So as opposed to a 60-minute session, it'll be more of a blended format with little insights and vignettes and hopefully a couple of um, opportunities to chat to the kids and also a couple of opportunities to chat to the head coach of the team and the person that has them for, you know, 24-7, 365. That sounds fantastic. We're here with Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches, kicking off this week's show, following him, two presenters at the digital convention. Ian Barker, what else are you most looking forward to during that week for the digital convention, January 11 through 15? Well, the, the thing for me personally that I'm looking forward to is I'm looking forward to actually getting to see some sessions where previously I, I might have been pulled a little uh, here and there in meetings and, and down various corridors. And then one of the things that I'm going to be asked to do, which I'm really looking forward to, is do kind of like little connecting pieces uh, between presentations. So I'll get to watch a presentation and then they're going to put me in a studio and they're going to invite people to come in and review that session with me, maybe some of the audience, some of our attendees, um, maybe interview the person that just did the session or had recorded the session. So I'm going to be kind of that color commentary kind of thing, and I'm really looking forward to that because those little short bursts of insight around something that we've all shared in together I think um, could be really, really interesting. And I really like watching other people work and then reflecting on it and, and then finding what other people's reflections are. So those, those sort of connector pieces between the main presentations, that's going to be something I'll be doing a lot of. I've seen you at work in the studio. I've seen you on these webinars. I saw you over in Europe in front of the camera as well. Ian, promise me that you're going to take that clause out of your contract that says you won't be in studio with Dean Linky and that every once in a while you'll let me slip in there with you. Can you get rid of that clause? Am I good? Well, you've got an amazing, amazing smile and a great set of pearly white teeth. You're the, you're the, you're the face. I've got the, I've got the, I've got the face for radio. You've got the face for, for in studio on camera. So, uh, it, I can be the brains, but you'll always be the good looking one. <laughs> now I know it's getting deep. Ian Barker, had to have you kick it off and we'll probably be counting on you again before we get to January 11. Is that alright? Dean, it's always a pleasure and thank you so much for, for giving me some time. It's great. All right, Ian Barker, Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches. We'll be back with more after this message. Registration for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention is now open. Even though we won't be together in person, the interactive digital event taking place January 11th through 15th, 2021 will still bring the soccer coaching community together for a week of fantastic presenters, diplomas, network opportunities, and more. To register, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. The game hasn't changed, just the game plan. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. It's that time where we start promoting every week the key presenters 
as part of this year's convention, which indeed will be going digital. That doesn't mean we won't be learning. We will be learning a ton and we'll also be reuniting with good friends. I am so happy to see the beautiful smiling face of Stacy Wilson. She played for the North Carolina Courage when I was the voice of the original North Carolina Courage and now I'm the voice of this Courage. That Courage won the championship in 2002. They essentially went from worst to first. So Stacy Wilson, before we talk about all you're gonna do as a presenter, I showed you the picture earlier. It never gets old talking about championships. True that. I had a couple here and there. <laughs> you had three with the University of North Carolina and almost four, so close, sort of an own goal. So three titles at UNC, a gold medal as well. Th those are legit titles right there, all of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of the great teams that I played on. Some great names from freshman year. Uh, I had some national team players, Tish Venturini. And then all the way, yeah, through senior year. And then, yeah, national team. It was, it was good times. Yeah. Pro, you, you showed the picture of the pro with Tiff Roberts. That was a college and national team. The championships, they came because we had good relationships and good coaches. Three-time national champion at UNC, 94, 96, and 97, as we mentioned, that gold medal. Now she is getting it done in Florida as a full-time coach with a heavy emphasis on strength and conditioning. I want to get to that. She'll be joined by Sean Arndt as a co-presenter during the virtual convention in early January. Right now, Stacy Wilson is the head coach at Hobe Sound Soccer Club and also the Pine School, which is in Hobe, Florida, where she's the boys coach. She coaches girls and boys for Hobe Sound Soccer Club. So clearly coaching is something that you're passionate about. Stacey, I see you at the convention every year. And I see you dialed in. You're going to all the sessions. You're meeting people. You go there on a mission. Well, yeah. It's the one time that I can get kind of everything all at once. It's like being a kid in a candy store. So for me, I always go there with the variety of age groups that I coach, uh, boys and girls. You know, I might have a some, some type of theme that I want to go check out with other coaches. But then, yeah, I also enjoy the, the you know, I'm part of the advocacy groups and enjoy the social part as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm there usually full time. Well, you know what, guess what? We are lucky enough to be joined by Sean Arndt who joined the Arnold School as chair of the Department of Exercise Science at the University of South Carolina. And it is gonna be a co-presentation. Stacey Wilson and Sean Arndt. Sean, thanks for joining mm -hmm. us. Sean, I've got a son that's a junior in Columbia. You know time at South Carolina. So talk about how thrilled you are to be at South Carolina. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a good move for me. We actually have the top ranked program in the country, the doctoral program in exercise science. And so we'll have been on top for a decade now, uh, which is everybody knows that's been in this world with soccer in particular. It's one thing to be on top. It's another thing to stay on top when everybody's chasing you. But I was at Rutgers for 17 years. I had a great run there uh, in addition to the academic side, working with the teams there, especially women's soccer, carrying over from my days at UVA, which was nice to, to, to continue with that. But I honestly, I, I can't say enough about how supportive the environment here is at South Carolina. It's just an exceptional, exceptional place. And it's unique being in a school of public health. There aren't many exercise science programs that are in public health, but it's a really nice fit. And we have tremendous faculty and students. You know, we have a new sports science lab that we built once I got here. So we're doing big things. It's fun. I really am um, very, very fortunate to have been able to do some of the things I have in my career so far. I know you and Stacy are going to collaborate on what exactly you're going to present, but can you tease us a little bit, maybe with the name or topic that you're going to cover during the digital convention in January? 
Yeah, so what's the plan, Stace? What are we doing? <laughs> we are going to basically talk about nutrition and soccer. It's a huge topic, and I feel like we're a good team because right now, as was mentioned, I work on the youth side of it, and there are just so many issues, questions by coaches. You know, that side of it might not be super scientific, but you have to know a lot, and you have to know how to how to educate your players and how to be strategic about it to where it actually does get them embracing these concepts. And then Sean is just in the midst of, he understands where I want the players that I'm training to go. You know, I work with the high school boys. I had a nutrition, we're in our preseason right now. So I had a nutrition talk with them the other day and hopefully some of them, a couple of them really want to get recruited and go to college. And I know there are a lot of myths out there basically. And there's a lot of rules uh, as well. So you really want to know what you're getting into. And Sean is just the perfect person to have the expertise for this. So yeah, I'm excited. If you just go Google some of his YouTube presentations, those will be good, good teasers to what we're going to do. We're just going to make it specific to soccer coaches. And I think Stacy hit the nail on the head when she was talking about some of the myths that are out there. And it's one of the biggest challenges to deal with is a lot of these fad diets and things that somebody hears this athlete's doing or this celebrity's doing and, and, and this diet with whatever name. And I think the problem is that doesn't always translate to performance, you know, and I think the, the reality is and some of the stuff that we'll talk about is really how to fuel for performance and health, right? Because if we can keep you healthy and keep you on the field, but properly fuel, I mean, we see all this stuff with ketogenic diets and low carb diets. Well, you're not lasting a 90 minute match plus overtime, if you're running on fumes, you know, and I think that being able to change the nutritional strategy and, and what's interesting is, you know, and it's, it's not the coach's fault, right? Most of these coaches, they're not educated in sport nutrition and exercise physiology. It's, it's not their fault. So we just have an opportunity here to provide some fundamental education to help them understand how to progress from the youth athlete through the college and professional ranks um, in terms of the fueling needs, you know, and how to structure it. You, you have some very well-meaning parents. <laughs> I use that mostly, loosely, but well-meaning parents that have heard about this diet or, or, or you know, they're, they're thinking more in terms of the fitness types of things that they've heard. And, and they're not thinking about what it takes to sustain this, especially when you have some of these youth programs where they're playing so much and they play year round. Um, taking care of, of, of the nutritional side is critical. And, you know, it's funny, we always hear about all these, you know, I, one of the biggest questions I always get is, you know, what, what kinds of things do you use for recovery? Like, what do you do for recovery? Do you use like compression boots? Do you do ice baths? Do you do this? And I'm like, sleep and eat, like sleep and eat. It's that simple. If you can do those things. And I think the eating part is probably not given its, its, its fair shake in terms of what that can actually do for somebody and understanding how to put some things together. And the other thing too is simple solutions, right? One of the things we deal with with college athletes is making good decisions at a dining hall or how do you plan ahead for travel? And with what Stacy does when she's got her teams and they might be away for an entire weekend at a tournament and stuff like that, what do you do to plan ahead so that you're not stuck with whatever you now have access to? You know, and we deal with this a lot with travel. I think that's where the nutritional aspect, if you're stuck in an airport and stuff like that, what do you do to plan ahead with some simple, simple solutions to make sure that you're fueling yourself? And, you know, with all the COVID stuff and everything like that, this also ties into the immune system. How do you stay healthy, right? Because the best ability of an athlete is availability. 
And if we can keep them available, you know, that's going to go a long way towards, towards reaching their goals. What a solid view and solid preview rather for their presentation. We're going to get from Stacy Wilson and Sean aren't as part of the digital convention. Stacy, when did you two superpowers meet and how did you know that this would be a great connection? Well, we've known each other for years and yeah. I guess uh, it, it should fit that we met at the International uh, Sports Science and then because we're both NSCA certified National Strength and Conditioning Association, uh, we've seen each other at conferences through the years and actually at U.S. soccer as well. I believe yep. when I took my B license, you came in and did maybe yep. the sports psychology piece. Yeah, I was with so, national staff for about 16 years. Yeah, but really the International Society of Sports Nutrition um, that's really what got me interested and, and feeling confident about uh, adding and being able to tell my players the right things, because I can tell you, my teammates can tell you, I was confused as a player back in the day. Sometimes I had things right, but sometimes, you know, uh, it wasn't as big uh, an education piece as it is now. So even with my 10, 11 year olds, I've been able to speak with them. But, but, but anyways, the point is, is that International Society of Sports Nutrition was really um, a great place. And we went to a bunch of uh, annual conferences and yeah. then, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Well, we were at the national, with the coaches conference last year and we kept like running circles around each other. We yeah. were connected, but we were both speaking and stuff. So it was kind of funny. And I, I it's, so other funny story is Stacy and I grew up in, in the same area and we didn't realize this until like years later. Um, but while I was at Virginia, she was at UNC. So I knew of her and, and stuff like that. And then we realized uh, many years later through, through some mutual friends that we had that we both were from Northern Virginia. Um, so it was kind of funny to see that loop around and sort of have that championship background between us, but it was great. Like it, it's great just, she's wonderful. She's a great speaker. Um, and she's incredibly knowledgeable. So to have the opportunity to do this with her is actually really exciting. Cause you know, I think we would both, um, and I think all of us on this call would speak to this, but the sport's been very, very good to us in terms of the things it's given us the opportunity to do. So opportunities to give back are, are pretty exceptional. No doubt. I mean, Stacy's a Hall of Famer in Virginia and as, you said, <laughs> yep. there as well. I don't know if you can see this picture, but one thing I will tell you, Stacy said confused. There was nothing confusing about the fact that you will not have met a stronger, tougher, more conditioned player than Stacy Wilson. I'll tell you, we're about the same age and I look like I'm 70. She still looks like she's 20 and she still looks like she could break some people, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, those, I'm, I'm one of those weird people that actually enjoys going to the gym so I don't know I don't know it's weird I mean uh, Sean as somebody that has worked with a ton of great athletes I've called a lot of games at Rutgers I know you did a great yep. job there you've got great respect there but when you see the work that Stacy Wilson put in if you even knew about any of the work she put in while she was a three-time national champion at North Carolina a gold medalist a national champion with the North Carolina Courage that you saw right there those are the kind of athletes you dream of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, you, you really like working with those individuals that soak it up, that want that information. Um, sometimes the funniest part with athletes like that is sometimes saving them from themselves, right? Because it's being able to get them to dial it back at the right times and understand, um, you know, and like Stacy said, you know, you go back in time and I look at, you know, when I was playing, I look at probably same thing Stacy dealt with. And you kind of look back and you go, man, I, if I would have known then what I know now, 
like how much better could I have even been? And, you know, you've had this success. So, so I think in Stacy's case, and you, you talking about an exceptional individual, somebody that I just thoroughly enjoy, incredibly humble, um, which speaks volumes to her character. Uh, but somebody that, that, that knows what she's talking about too. And, and you know, to, to have that opportunity to work with athletes like that, um, they're few and far between. I, I will say I have been very lucky um, with some of the exceptional individuals that I've worked at and coaches, you know, because I think that speaks volumes to the type of player they bring in and what they value. Uh, but I think in Stacy's case, you know, it's funny. Um, what she's accomplished is beyond impressive. There's no question. Um, but to be fair, the thing that impresses me most, most about Stacy is, is her. It's her character. It's her knowledge of not only the game, but of the things that go into it. Um, and I think sometimes we, get, we do get caught up on accomplishments and accolades and, and forget that there's a lot more to this individual than just the titles um, that, that really speaks to what she gives back to the game, how she's developed youth players, what she means to the sport of soccer in the United States. Uh, so again, the ability to take the stage with her or virtually, I guess in this case, to take, to take the Zoom screen with her, um, you know, is, is a lot of fun for me. And uh, like she said, we go way back. And so just opportunities like this are great. Um, just, I think between the two of us, we, we've had some great experiences that, that lend some practical insight to the suggestions we give. It's not just based on the science. I often say the best diet and the best exercise program is the one they'll do. You know, and so I think that understanding the mindset of the athlete and the coach as well is critical to getting the message across. Oh, shock, Stacy! How about that little intro he gave you there? Yeah, I mean, I'm blushing. So uh, <laughs> thank you. But I mean, he's just basically proving what I said, which is like that he's he's doing and he's the type of person that I want to send my players to. And I know that I would have benefited by having somebody with his psychology knowledge of nutrition, as well as the science and implement and how to implement it. So, I mean, I really appreciate that, Sean. So thank yeah. you. Anytime, Stacey. Stacey, before we go, we've been working with Nicole Hercules, who is the chair of the Black Coaches Advocacy Group. Every week, you've had a Black coach, and every time a new one is hired, we feel happy about it because it's all about equality, love, and respect. What is your take on that as a woman of color? Well, I mean, I, I believe that there are a lot of uh, systemic issues. It's pretty deep uh, um, with, with soccer and coaching. Obviously, um, Nicole and Black soccer coaches are trying to address the issues that we can. These inclusion and diversity initiatives are important. It's good that it's being recognized. It's been there for a while. Those of us that have played in the system forever know about it. It's just been a little bit taboo to talk about it until now. So it's, it's good that players are able to talk about issues on their heart and coaches are able to try to make an impact. And the group is, is I think working with MLS, we're working on with state associations and WSL. It's a heavy topic. You know, you got to really have a heart for it and, have an open mind and, un and understanding a little bit of education. So it seems like everyone's trying to educate themselves right now. And I'm, I'm happy about that. Great answer. And Sean, first of all, a as a white guy calling games, I feel like I got to use my platform to make sure that the dialogue continues. Otherwise, it'll go away. As a white guy who's working with the most amazing black athletes in the world, please tell me you feel the same. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, though, is I think that um, 
I think sometimes we confuse uh, talking about diversity with doing diversity. And I think there needs to be a commitment to actually doing something about it. Um, the other thing that I've noticed too, it, it's, it's a bit interesting in, in, in my field um, in, in, in terms of sports science and exercise science is we talk about diversity and we, we, the things we wanna do. And it's interesting because um, that really starts at a younger age though, because, because I think those, those athletes that get exposed to us at, at the youth level, at the high school level, many of them don't know about opportunities in this field, right? They think it's like only medicine or physical therapy or they go a completely different direction. So my platform, since I came here as chair and we've been talking about ways to increase the diversity of our field, is it's not just about hiring more diverse faculty because if they don't exist, what are you gonna do about that? So what we need to do is start earlier at the undergraduate and graduate level to encourage those individuals to come into our field because I think sometimes people are don't know what diversity is, and it's not just a color thing. It's also a background, and 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 what you bring to the table, and the value of those diverse backgrounds and experiences can't be dismissed because it only makes us stronger in terms of what we do. So yeah, you know, I'm acutely aware of that, but at the same time, I've taken it upon myself. We did this great study while we were at, at Rutgers, and we were working with. Um, uh, a charter school in the area that was primarily Hispanic and black adolescents. And uh, they came into our lab for the first time. They didn't, they're like, we didn't know stuff like this existed, right? And so I think to see that experience for these seventh graders and the number of them that became interested in physical activity and exercise and sport and athleticism and realizing that you can do something with this, that was fun for us, you know? So like I said, we, we can't just, man, we can talk about diversity all we want, but at some point we've got to do diversity. And I think that's really where we're trying to go with this. And, and, and I absolutely, when you have a, a player, a coach, uh, an, an announcer, a commentator, a, a professor, a sports scientist, if you've got a platform, use it, but don't just use it to talk about the issue, use it to help people understand, appreciate, and do something about the issue. Then we can finally make a difference. JC and Sean, thanks for answering the bell on that important question. And thanks for answering the bell from United Soccer Coaches to be a part of the virtual convention. Well, let's end it with this. We'll go Sean and then we'll go Stacy. We don't know the exact date. We do know that you will be featured with the digital presentation. We know that nutrition will be a heavy focus. Sean, we'll start with you. Why is it a can't miss as part of this year's digital United Soccer Coaches Convention? Because Stacy and I are so much fun to listen to that you would just not want to miss this for anything. But honestly, it's it's a can't miss because it really gives us an opportunity and for the coach to translate it to the player, really separating fact from fiction when it comes to nutrition. I think that's going to be a big goal of what we're going to deal with is what are some basic, well-established scientific principles in, in reasonable terms. So not getting overly sciencey here, um, but what is hope, you know hype and hope? You know, what's the difference? Because, you, you know, cutting through uh, the noise in terms of some of the stuff you hear out there and also getting into some of the sports supplements um, that are, you know, banned, what to look for in your supplements and what really works, um, especially as you're progressing through that age spectrum uh, and, and really for longevity of a career as well. So it's not just about getting up to that college level, but then it's also with some of the athletes I've worked with, the ones that have been most interested in nutrition are the ones that are going, how do I get like two more years out of this? 
Like, what do I need to do to keep myself on the field or on the ice when I was working with the NHL and stuff like that? It's, it, you know, that's the reality. If we could do this a little earlier, that story gets a lot easier. Same question for you, Miss Wilson. Like I said, nutrition is such a hugely under misunderstood piece in, in youth soccer. And I think that with it not really being understood, it's an easy competitive advantage that yeah. coaches can gain with the knowledge. And it's an ethical one. You know, you're teaching your players life skills. This is something that's going to help them be better. So development, we talk about development and it's going to help you compete better. Simple. Can't wait for it. I love it. Stacey Wilson, Sean, no surprise. One of my favorite players. I'm sitting here in my Chapel Hill office. So, you know, my connection with Stacey Wilson and then South Carolina, they got, they have a lot of my money. So, you know, my connection with them as well in Gamecock land. <laughs> You guys are going to be a great combination. Can't wait for your featured presentation. I'll be probably one of the MCs in some ways, so somehow I'll see you digitally yet one more time. Sean and Stacy, thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Hey, thanks for having us. We're looking forward to this. Yeah, appreciate you having me, Dean. Nice talking to you, Sean. Indeed, great talking to Stacy Wilson and Sean Arndt. That will be a presentation that you will not want to miss. Keep an eye on the schedule as we get closer to January 11 through 15. Coming up, we meet another member of our 30 Under 30 class. His name is Coleman Akey, and he's up after this message. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Time to meet another member of our newest 30 under 30 class. Today it's Coleman Akey, who last year he was in his first season as the assistant coach at SUNY Delhi, and then COVID strikes. And because of COVID, he is let go. But Coleman Akey, as you will hear, he took it as a good thing, as a learning moment, making something good out of something bad, and that's exactly what you've done, right, Coleman? Yes, definitely. I, I think, um, you know, in, in soccer as a player and as a coach, it's you're always on to the next thing, and there's never a moment to catch your breath. I knew I needed a master's degree to be a head coach one day, it was something that has been stirring in my mind, and COVID was really a blessing in disguise because it made me stop and, and think about what I can do to better myself while not physically coaching. Coleman, as you know, as you listen to the show, I love bragging about the fact that I got a bachelor's degree in journalism from Ohio University, a pretty good journalism school, but I'm also proud of the sport management program and super proud of the master's that Ohio University is offering with Dr. David Carr in soccer coaching education. And that's exactly what you're doing right now. And David Carr, Dr. Carr, was right there pushing you along to make it happen, right? 
That's correct. Um, you know, as soon as I showed some interest in the program, he reached out to me directly. It was very helpful via email, gave me his personal number if I had any questions. He came along at the perfect time. Talk about what you've enjoyed so much about this master's program at Ohio U. It's been fantastic, honestly. Coaching is such a subjective experience that to kind of take a step back and, and look at it through a you know, through the lens of self-analysis, it, it really objectifies the experience. It, it's been amazing. I'd recommend it to anybody. All right. Do me a favor. Tell your story from the beginning, uh, where you grew up, where you played club soccer, who were key coaches in your life, where you went to college, because I know you went to some places, including being able to play just a little bit as well. Give us that whole story. Don't miss anything, okay? I grew up in Saratoga Springs. I had a very unique experience with the club there. My dad was actually the coach and another one of um, the players on the team, his, his father as well. Basically, since I was 8 years old till I was 18 years old, those were the coaches I had, which is, you know, great for some things. I, I think especially, you know, as, as a young player, the consistency of learning through one coach's vision, it provides a lot of certainty and a lot of structure to, to your growth. So I... I you know, I attribute who I am as a player to that, and that's something I take into my coaching is, is I think it's really important to provide a vision for an athlete to work towards because there's so much you can't control in the game of soccer that it can become easier for them to apply themselves within your vision. Played um, club my whole life, played in high school, was really adamant about playing in college. I actually, my junior year, I tore my ACL in meniscus and I ended up not playing for almost a year. And the next month I came back to start playing again, I actually broke my radius and ulna in half. So I basically didn't play for the two most critical years of my high school career. And, and when I came back, I was definitely not the same player that I was mentally more so than physically. But I think that's part of the reason I got into coaching was that during the most critical stage of my development, I was sidelined and I was still so into the game that I was putting so much thought and time into the game but not actually playing. That's probably where my coaching experience began. For college, I initially went to UVM. Spent a year there as a business administration student, quickly realized that that was not for me. Came back to uh, Finney Adirondack, which was the local community college near me. I had no intentions of playing at Finney Adirondack. I, I was definitely in a tough spot of, you know, knowing what I wanted to do while I was playing soccer and what I used to be capable of, but having this kind of mental gap over this kind of subconscious fear of getting hurt, it, it was really hard for me. And so I was kind of taking a, a step away from the game. And Sydney Adirondack had gotten a new coach. It was Damian Jepson, who has gone on, I believe he's coaching Division One right now. But basically he came in with a vision for what he wanted to do. He got in contact with me after, I don't know if he had talked to someone I had grown up playing with or against. He basically found out I was going to school there and did a good job convincing me to play. Had a great time. Played there for two years. We broke. You know, he's a great coach. We broke all the records. He did a great job recruiting talent locally, and he had connections overseas. So it was a very, a very good experience, plus being so close to home. After those two years, I transferred to SUNY Plattsburgh to get a professional writing degree. My eligibility was done, so I couldn't play, but 
you know, I was playing a lot of uh, intramural and, you know, would play in the racquetball courts with the team at the time. And so it was a good soccer experience, despite not playing on the team. And after that, I moved back to Saratoga, graduated, started working in digital media, which was great for the time. It left me a lot of flexibility, but I guess not having a tangible product for the work I was doing, you know, I was kind of creating content and sending it out into the ether and and around that time a family friend of mine reached out and said her son you know he's 15 years old at the time he had really gotten into soccer you know he didn't play growing up so he was really far behind but he's super motivated to you know catch up to his friends and play and so I got into contact with him and, and started working with him directly and sort of fast forward I ended up assistant coaching at his club at Saratoga, it was eye-opening to me in the sense that I realized how unique my experience growing up was of playing for the same coach and playing with the same group of players and, and getting to, you know, understand the players around me and understand what we were trying to do as a team. You know, I quickly saw at the local level, there's a large push towards premier clubs. What has happened to grassroots clubs is that the players who emerge as talented players are quickly encouraged to play for the local premier club, which is which is great in some sense, but I also think it, um, it has an overall impact of, uh, you know, these kids don't play together and then they play at the high school level, level and they've never played with each other. It, it creates a lot of problems for me. So I started working with that club, was working with some really talented players, was kind of in, in, encouraging them to, to think critically about, you know, what would be best for their development as players. It was a really great experience. I, I, that was around the time that I, I really started to think of coaching at a higher level. I found for myself that my ability lied in taking, you know, good players and making them great. I didn't want to take players who were underdeveloped and, and motivate them to get better. I wanted to work with, with kids who were motivated to become the best player they could be and Going back to what I said about not playing the same players, I, I see a trend of the average player these days has a great, great technical ability, but a less of a tactical understanding of the game. And so I put a lot of emphasis on that with working with these players at SUNY Delhi when I got the job. I worked with Brian Nicko, who's the head coach there, he's a great coach. He actually was a part of the 30, under 30 program last year, I believe really encouraged me to kind of double down on the educational aspect, and that's where we are now. Phenomenal breakdown of your story, including the fact that your dad coached you. I coached both my kids. My dad coached me, and there's a little extra pressure there, right, because the other players are watching how you're coaching your kids, and there's got to be that balance, and you want to do right by your dad, who's also your coach, and all of that is kind of a mixture, right, when you're coached by your dad for so long. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head. Some things are great about it. Some things are tough. I learned a lot of great things, but also it taught me a lot about what kids and players specifically need from their coach to thrive. What was your motivation to apply for the 30 under 30? Was it uh, Mr. Mitko? You know, beyond Coach Mitko being in my ear encouraging me, I would like to get gain as many resources as possible during this time where Soccer isn't what it used to be, and I can't physically coach. Finally, you're now getting this master's from Ohio U. I'm digging that you also have this writing degree. Where do you see yourself in 10 years, my man? 
10 years from now, I see either the, being the head coach of a college program, hopefully within the next five years. My style of coaching, I think, is contingent upon a long-term vision and growth. So I would like to, to be at a program where the athletic director has a vision and my vision coincides with that and it's something we can work towards over a period of time. I think on the other side, you know, based on my experience working with the young player I mentioned, I would like to, you know, I don't know that a trainer is necessarily the right word, but sort of a development coach. I'd like to work with a small group of players, be a, a business model maybe that doesn't necessarily exist right now, but working with a few small players and preparing them, preparing them for soccer at the next level beyond just working their technical ability over and over again. Um, you know, I want to focus on the tactical understanding of the game, emotional preparation, for, or just a different experience and whatever lies in front of them, just kind of being a mentor and, and being an asset for players in their development. Coleman Aki, I like your deep thinking, your deep thoughts. Thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, and congratulations for being a part of the amazing 30 Under 30 class. Thanks again for having me. Great work from Coleman Aki, and speaking of amazing, you don't get more amazing, do you, than Rose Lavelle, now playing for Man City, and of course representing the U.S. national team. I thought she was the best player in the most recent World Cup, yet another World Cup victory for the U.S. team. Rose Lavelle played at Wisconsin, where she was an All-American and All-Big Tenor. She played for Paula Wilkins, who as a player made it to the college cup and she also coached a team to the college cup which not everybody does paula wilkins the head coach of wisconsin and the great rose lavelle for our big 10 and 10 wisconsin women's soccer when we return college coaches make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 college services program while the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated we are committed to providing benefits for college services members year-round the college services program supports and promotes the college game including rankings and awards for participating programs regardless of when your season is played for more information or to register your program visit unitedsoccercoaches.org college Welcome to Big Ten in 10 with Big Ten Women's Soccer as we're joined by all 14 coaching staffs for the Big Ten Women's Soccer and a distinguished alumni from each program. And in the case of the Wisconsin Badgers, not only a great player for Wisconsin, one of the all-time greats for the Big Ten, but in my view at the last World Cup, the greatest player in the World Cup for the USA as we're talking about the head coach Paula Wilkins, the great Rose Lavelle. I'm Dean Linky, joined by all Big Ten superstar and a member of the Red Stars, Kayla Sharples. Thank you all for being with us. All right, Paula, obviously Rose Lavelle has changed the game for you and Wisconsin. So let's start with that. When you think Rose Lavelle, what do you think? I think funny. I think uh, entertaining. I think prankster. I think um, challenging. But I think very good person. So those are sort of my adjectives. How about the soccer playing part? What do you think? Pretty, pretty good. I, I think creative. Um, <laughs> I think, you know what? I, uh, I was watching the, the games this uh, 
uh, for the NWSL. And I thought one of the most impressive things by Rose is if you ever watch her recovery runs, sometimes they're pretty incredible. I think, uh, I know she scored against in the World Cup game, but uh, there were two recovery runs that she made against uh, the Dutch that were phenomenal. So uh, I think if you talk to young players, you don't talk about just what you do on the ball, um, but what you're doing off the ball to help your team. And uh, I know I helped to create that because she had to defend a lot at Wisconsin. <laughs> so we always joke about that. <laughs> Paula, speaking from personal experience, playing Wisconsin was always a challenge. You guys are consistently one of the top programs in the Big Ten. And how have you built that culture and maintained that consistency year after year? Well, it start with, with players like Rose who've kind of created the culture there. But I think we talk about just the details that we have to do all the time and just principles that we're building on. Um, and the players have done a great job of building a culture, kind of an expectation of what they want to bring. I, I give it to them and then they kind of format it. But I was even talking about this past week um, how the older players just create such a great environment and you know we have good players like Rose Lavelle there that if every day you're training against Rose Lavelle you know when you play against somebody else it's not as hard um, not to insult other people but you know you can if you can defend Rose and you can defend a lot of people um, pretty well so I think just the training environment they've created also and the expectations they have in that training environment is pretty high to help the consistency for us. Rose, you can't escape us as we keep coming back to you. We did that extended piece with the Big Ten Network earlier, and I know you and Paula like to joke, but what is it about when Paula calls, you always want to be involved? I mean, I think just because my experience at Wisconsin was so incredible that it's something that I love to talk about. I think it was just such a huge part of my life, both on and off the field. I think I grew so much as a player, but then... Um, in the same sense, it's like you gain more independence when you're in college. And um, I just, I had a great time and I met a lot of awesome people. So I, any opportunity I can have to talk about it, um, I'll jump on. Rose, you and Paula seem to have such a special relationship. Obviously through this conversation, <laughs> we've hinted at that. One of mutual respect and trust. Can you recall a specific memorable moment, uh, coaching moment in particular that you and Paula shared? I think the biggest thing with Paula is like, I feel like she always knew what was best for me, even when I didn't necessarily know it at the time for myself. So I think back to my senior year, it's not the, it's not the story you're going to think I'm telling you, but I just oh. think of, I had to play holding mid and I was not happy about it because I want to be in the attack and be like creating things, not necessarily defending as much. Um, but Paula put me in that role and I feel like I kind of, through a little tantrum for a second, <laughs> but I think over time, like I grew into the position and I feel like that's where I like really learned how to defend. And like I always say, I don't feel like I fully knew how to sprint until I played holding mid my senior year because <laughs> I just had to run so much. Was there a defining moment in your collegiate career where you knew you wanted to play professionally? I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say that happened like in college. I think it's something that I always had wanted to do but I think going to Wisconsin helped me grow so much so I was able to like get to that point it's kind of one of those things that I'm like oh my gosh where would I be right now if I had made like a different decision and went somewhere else and I'm like so grateful that um I visited Wisconsin and I had Paula and Tim to help me like grow those four years and the, my teammates as well I think it was such a great experience Rose, you may, I think you know this, maybe you don't, but Paula is in rare company where as a player, she made it to the college cup. As a coach, she made it to the college cup. That's pretty legit. 
Uh, we'll start with you, Paula. That, that's an amazing feat. Your thoughts, and then Rose, you're not going to be able to get away from not compliment her on that feat. <laughs> um, I, I think I I always say it's because I had good players, right? I kind of got out of their way. So, as a player doing it, I had Brianna Scurry behind me. So, as a goalkeeper, I think she saved my butt a bunch of times. I always say I made Brianna Scurry as good as she did because I was a terrible <laughs> defender, and she had to make so many saves. She got to be very good. So I think that's pretty exciting. And like I said, I just have the good players. Paula's so humble. I mean, she's she's never going to, like, take any credit herself. But obviously that's, like, a huge feat to be able to do that as a player and then also do that as a coach. She always just blames it on everyone else around her and never takes credit herself. But, I mean, I never saw her play soccer, so I can't say how she was as a player. But um, as a coach, I'm not... my left foot? <laughs> Can you? No. Oh. um but I mean as a coach I think she just makes every player better and you grow so much and learn so much from her I'm always like so grateful when I go into my professional environments because I feel like I had such a good like base of tactical knowledge because of um Paula and I think yeah it helps to have good players but she's a great coach and that's why Wisconsin's had so much success Looking back, how did you identify your weaknesses or was there a specific part of your game that you knew that you had to improve upon and how did you go about that? I mean, I think the biggest, my biggest weakness, and it's still something that I like have to work on, is like off field, like nutrition and making sure that I'm like staying healthy and all that. I think that was like the biggest adjustment jumping from college to pro is like now this is your job and you can't let those things like slip through the cracks. Um, and it's definitely like a learning process and something that I can always like be better at. And I think that's like the biggest weakness I had to address, um, especially my senior year. Paul forced me to. We got in a fight. <laughs> Big 10 and 10 Wisconsin women's soccer. Paula Wilkins, the great Rose Lavelle, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. How cool was that to end with Paula Wilkins and Rose Lavelle? Of course, Rose Lavelle over in Europe now getting it done and arguably one of the greatest players in the world. I want to thank all of our guests as well as Sean Chevrolet and Mike Knipper from United Soccer Coaches. For each and every one of them, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. High school coaches are presented unique challenges both on and off the field of play. The United Soccer Coaches High School Diploma, now delivered in an all-online format, supplies coaches with the knowledge needed to perform the distinctive role high school coaches play in the development of young players. This updated diploma takes a look at the ongoing duties of the high school coach and how to better prepare them for the responsibilities given to them in that position. For more information or to register, go to unitedsoccercoaches.org education. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.